website is activatelife.org. Check out all of our interviews today. Our guest is Alejandro Arias. Alejandro, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Pastor Jesse. I'm yes, glad doing... we were able to connect and uh, you made time for this uh, interview. And look, for some people maybe who don't know your story, would you start by just sharing how you came to know Jesus? And I know you experienced a powerful healing at an early age. So can you tell us about that too? Yes. I came to the Lord when I was seven years old. I grew up in a Catholic family, but uh, my mom came to the Lord around the same time when I came to Jesus. She came to Jesus two weeks before I made my decision. So she basically uh, led me to the Lord, if I can say that. And uh, we, we really had to pray for many years for my dad to come to the Lord. We prayed for about uh, seven years for him to come to the Lord. But after my mom made that decision, that my whole family came to the Lord as a result of her prayer. And, uh, yeah, at the age of seven, I had an encounter with Christ, which really marked my life and, you know, prepared me for the destiny that he had in store for me. And uh, at the age of eight, I had a supernatural miracle happen to me. Um, God healed me of a deadly tumor between my lungs and my heart. The doctors in Costa Rica, where I'm originally from, gave me basically a year to live. And despite of all the medical, you know, technology and all of the efforts from the doctors, they couldn't really do anything about it because um, the tumor had already expanded and gone into an area where it was almost uh, inoperable. And uh, they couldn't really do anything uh, as far as, you know, um, getting the tumor, removing the tumor. So we really had to pray and trust God. It was a difficult patch. And uh, I remember that I prayed over three months while we were waiting for, for an appointment. And uh, before going back to the doctors for a medical checkup, I remember I was in my room praying and I was, uh, you know, wearing my PJs and I was just getting ready to go to sleep. And then I heard this um, outside and, and I hear uh, there was a church building across the street from our house. And so I was reminded by the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, about this healing service. And so I just felt the need, the prompt in my spirit to get up and, and go to the healing service. Obviously, because it was late, it was probably 8, 9 o'clock, and the service, almost, you know, the service was almost finishing. So I, I went to my mom and I asked for permission, and she declined. She said, no, it's too cold out there. Uh, so that you have an idea, so the folks have an idea. Costa Rican coal is not really cold. You know? <laughs> right. Costa Rican coal is probably 18 degrees, 19 degrees Celsius, which could be, you know, 75 up to 80 <laughs> uh, Fahrenheit, which is nice, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's that's nice right. Weather, but over there, they consider it cold. So anyway, so she said, uh, no, I can't take you because it's too cold out there. It, it, it was probably uh, drizzling a little bit, but it wasn't raining, you know. And so she said, no, unfortunately, because of, of your you know, situation, obviously I was very sick, you know, and uh, 
I couldn't really expose myself to the call or the rain because uh, they were afraid of any asthma attack or bronchitis attack, which could trigger something even worse. And so, um, and so I went back to my room and I prayed. I said, Lord Jesus, touch my mom's heart. And uh, believe it or not, five minutes later, she came knocking on the door and she said, you know, I, I just feel like I have to take you to this healing service. Mm. <laughs> and she had a blanket and she said, as long as you promise me that you keep this blanket on you. <laughs> and I said, Mom, no problem. So she rocked me up and she took me to church. And I remember that was a remarkable experience because when I walked into that church building, the pastor that was praying for the sick, he stopped praying for everybody. He prophesied something which I will never forget. He said, what the Lord is going to do in your life is going to be a testimony for the whole world. Wow. And, uh, you know, basically prophesied about the ministry, and he said that God was going to heal me. And I just felt immediately that, you know, the Lord Jesus was operating on my heart. I just felt like something was happening there, mm-hmm. which I can't really explain it. Yeah. But I know that overnight while I was asleep, the Lord was operating on my heart. And the next day when we went to the doctors, we went to one of the best specialists in in this field and one of the best pulmonologists in Sarasota, Costa Rica at the National uh, Hospital. And, and he checked on me, he did the x-rays, and three hours later he came back with a very positive report. Hmm. He was actually amazed. He was standing there looking at the x-rays and all, and he couldn't really explain it. He was you know, having a hard time trying to gather his thoughts because it was just too much for him to take. And he said, I've never seen a miracle of this magnitude in the 25-year career, uh, you know, as a doctor. I've never seen this kind of miracle. And he pointed at the X-rays, and he said, this is where the tumor was lodged. And he pointed at the new X-ray, and he said, well, as you can see, there's nothing. He told my, my mother that uh, supernaturally the tumor was, you know, had, had disappeared and, and was gone. And so, yeah, that was a miracle that really stirred me up and really helped my faith. And from that point, I decided to devote my life to preaching the gospel and serving Christ. Awesome. So when your dad experienced that miracle and he still didn't believe, what did he say at that time? That he acknowledged that it was the Lord or was he grateful, but he just still wasn't ready to to fully follow Jesus? Yeah, he wasn't ready to, you know, make that commitment, make that decision. And unfortunately, it took us a few more years of prayer. Well, fortunately, because he came to the Lord, but unfortunately, he, God had to really deal with him and strip away all of the businesses and all of the, you know, the idols that he had in his life. Yeah. He had two bars where I used to go as a child and evangelize the clientele, you know. And uh, I used to go into his bars, write on, on Christian napkins, I mean on napkins, and write Christian messages, and go into the bars and pass the napkins and evangelize his clients. And some clients <laughs> were, you know, so tipsy and, and so drunk. And, and some of them will say, oh, thank you, brother. And, you know, they'll just, uh, you know, grab and, and, and ditch it away, or some of them will be very grateful. But, you know, that was the kind of evangelism practice I was doing back in, the, hmm. in my childhood days. Yeah. And so one day my dad caught me talking to one of his clients, and he grabbed me by the shoulder, and he pulled me aside, and he said, what are you doing? You're going to shut down my business. 
And I said, Dad, all I'm doing is preaching and, you know, sharing Jesus. It's <laughs> like, well, you're going to shut down my business. This is not going to work for us. And, you know, it was at night because I used to sneak out of my house and go into his bars, yeah. which was uh, prohibited for us. As, you know, the kids and the family, we couldn't go there. My mom said, no, you can't go there. But I had to seal for Jesus, and I, I just mm. needed to go there and preach the gospel. I just felt this prompt like I needed to go and evangelize his clients and his friends. And, well, my mom and I, we used to do prayer walks around the bars and early in the morning. We'd get up at 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning. We went to his bars and pray, anointed the location with oil, and we just pray, Lord, shut down this business because it was bringing a lot of misery to our lives and to our family. And because my dad was not just a businessman, but he was an alcoholic. Mm. And so, he, you know, every weekend he would get really drunk and, you know, come home late and and uh, hit the walls and get really aggressive. However, he never abused my mom physically, you know, mm-hmm. which I thank God for that. Yeah. But he would get really aggressive with us and things like that. So, so alcohol, you know, it, it, was, it was something that we saw around, like beers and bottles of alcohol everywhere, and, because he was a, 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 an alcoholic, a chronic alcoholic. So mm-hmm. we really had to pray for him. And during that time, while anointing, you know, the, the location and praying, the Lord did something supernatural. I mean, He answered our prayers because obviously we, we trust in the supernatural God, and we know that He's going to come through. And when you pray, your your prayers will be answered, uh, you know, in His timing. That's right. And so one day we had a, a, a an incident, something that happened, which was uh, amazing. We don't know how it happened, but after that day, my dad couldn't continue with his bar. Uh, A bus was um, uh, stationed up the road, and it was, I mean, this is the only way I can explain it. It was like an angel just came and pushed the bus, and the bus came without any brakes. You know, it was like there was no one driving the bus, no one inside the bus. The bus was just parked up the road, and it was like someone pushed the bus, and the bus came at full speed and hit the location. Praise God, there was no one inside hmm. the, the bar. My dad was not in the bar. It was like it was, it was completely, the place was deserted, and you know, no one was seen there, and no one was uh, walking around the, uh, you know, the driveway or anything like that. But it hit the, the location, it hit the, 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 the place so hard that it destroyed the frontage of the business. And so after that, you know, he might have had to file an insurance claim and all of that, but he couldn't recover financially from that loss. And so from that moment, the Lord began to deal with him and drill, you know, drill the word and, and just begin to touch his heart. And then uh, after that, well, at the age of 11, that's when I started ministry publicly. And I remember during one of my ministry trips in one of the small towns in Costa Rica, I went to this church, and and uh, he was, you know, my travel companion. He was coming with me everywhere I went, mm. because my mom couldn't leave my other siblings alone, so she, my dad would come and, and travel with me, despite of, you know, him having those uh, uh, addiction, sorry, and having uh, still the bottle parading and all of that. Um, and so, so one day, he was in one of those crusades, and he listened the message of Jesus and the message of the gospel. And I remember he ran to, towards the altar, running with tears, and he surrendered his life to Christ. 
the pastors were a bit scandalized because I didn't expect that, you know, the preacher's dad <laughs> coming to Christ during the crusade. So, yeah, it was, it was a big thing. It was a big surprise from the Lord. It's a good testimony of how you sometimes need to just keep praying for years and years and pray specifically and keep trusting God. And uh, you and your mom just stayed in that posture of prayer during that time of waiting. And, and it's an awesome story about how your dad, you know, at one of your crusades, put his trust in Jesus. Uh, it sounds like you yeah. were bold. I mean, right away from the healing to the bars and then starting ministry at an early age. Uh, talk to us about how the ministry grew and how you continued to stay bold for the Lord. Yes, well, I think boldness is a you know great quality in ministry, when, especially when you have to face trials and challenges. You got to be bold in the kingdom, and and as a child, I was a very bold child. You know, um, always going into meetings and asking people, um, you know, to to um, hand me some Christian tracts so that I could go and share the gospel with the neighbors. I mean, I was a very bold child, getting up in the buses and. Uh, and preaching, and, 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 you know, sometimes I would go around my neighborhood and, and you know, um, hand over tracts and talk to people about Jesus, things like that. I was really passionate. I, I wanted to see my friends coming to Christ. Even in school, I did a, a few things which got me in trouble, you know, like uh, talking to my, my friends at school about Christ during recess and having a prayer place. Like I had this stone where I would sit and just pray, and some of my friends will come around and they will ask me what I was doing. I will tell them that I was praying, and they will ask me for prayer, and I will just pray for them. You know, we, we saw God moving during those days, and like fasting while I was uh, at school. Like my teachers couldn't understand that. They couldn't understand mm. the purpose of fasting, and they were concerned about my, you know, my nutritional uh, my diet, my, my nutrition, so they were really concerned about that. And so one day they wrote a note on the book, and they said, if you don't, they told my mom, if you don't tell your child to stop fasting, this is going to affect his health, you know, something like that. And so my, my mom used to get these notes, like, come to school, check on your, on your child, because I was a very radical kid, like, doing things that, you know, teachers wouldn't expect me uh, wouldn't expect from any other child to do. Like I was, you know, playing with my school stationery, but not just playing. I was preaching to my school stationery, you know, hmm. like preaching to the pencils and preaching to, <laughs> uh, you know, to things like that and um, and uh, preaching to my friends. So that's how I started, and that's how my passion started. And then years later, obviously, um, you know, God began to open doors, and I went into uh, – home groups and preach and share. And, and one time I remember my, my mom was uh, presenting the Jesus movie in our community. And so um, she was going to a Christian library and getting the movies. And my dad was really interested to learn more about this. And so my dad went along with her during one of these trips. And my dad saw a pile of tracts sitting on, on, a, on a table. And he approached this guy who he didn't know but this guy happened to be the owner of the store, but not just the owner. He happened to be a missionary from Venezuela who had come to Costa Rica years earlier. And he founded this business, and, you know, he had this evangelistic ministry going. He had uh, rallies at the park every Saturday morning. So my dad was very curious, and my dad asked him about these tracts. And the missionary said, well, we normally 
you know, hand over these tracts and we do uh, this Christian work need to come. And my dad said, well, actually, I have a child very keen in, you know, sharing the message of Christ, and he's very passionate, and he likes to hand out, hand out tracts. And so my dad asked his um, missionary if he could have some of these tracts. And so the missionary was really interested and curious about the story, and he said, well, tell me more about your your child. And then um, after that, the Lord opened the door, and the missionary invited me to go on a Saturday morning and pass tracts. Hmm. And uh, it wasn't just to hand out tracts, but when I went there that Saturday morning, that invitation, which was a simple invitation to hand over tracts, turned into my first preaching engagement. Hmm. Because when the missionary saw me, he he just, I, I guess he just saw God and, and the potential and saw, the, you know, the, 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 the calling upon my life, and he just felt like he needed to give me an opportunity. He needed to give me, you know, a push that morning, and he said, I want you to preach this morning. I had no clue how to preach in an outdoor, you know, setting, like in front of a hundred people in a park. So it was a, a bit challenging, nerve-wracking, to be honest, mm-hmm. because when I got on stage, I was, you know, shaking as a leaf, and uh, I remembered, uh, you know, I was not making much sense, but then I prayed, and the Holy Spirit hit me, and the power of God came upon me, and I began to preach with boldness for 45 minutes. Wow. My parents couldn't believe it. You know, some of my friends that were sitting there, they couldn't believe what they were listening. <laughs> and uh, and then after 45 minutes, seven souls came to the Lord. And that was my first evangelistic rally, you know, in my in my ministry. Awesome. And so God used that as a, as a springboard, mm-hmm. you know, to launch me into ministry. And many things happen out of that. You know, then I went to Venezuela with this missionary who invited me to go. And uh, I remember that was also supernatural because um, the missionary only had enough money to pay for my ticket. He couldn't pay for my dad's ticket or my mom's ticket. So when I went to my parents to ask for permission, you know, it was a challenge. It was a, a, a test of faith where I had to ask my parents, I want to go on this mission trip, but you can't go, come with me because obviously a missionary didn't have enough resources to pay for them for their tickets and and you know a day before i asked my dad for his permission for his blessing he had a dream where he saw me going off somewhere overseas and he went to the airport he was saying goodbye and uh you know that that dream really touched him so when i went to speak with him he said alejandro you have my blessing I know that you have a special calling in your life. I may not understand it, but you have my support. Mm. So on July 1st, 1999, I went to Venezuela, and that was my first mission trip overseas, where the Lord opened many doors, and all of my childhood dreams came to pass. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's been 17 years in ministry, 45 nations around the world, and we've been doing crusades and, you know, uh, healing conferences, and it's just been an amazing journey where the Lord has opened many doors around the world where we've been able to share the gospel with thousands and just message of Christ. That's right. Yeah, and there's a boldness and there's a kindness too that uh, I hear in your heart. Uh, tell us how can people get connected with your ministry, also uh, your book too. 
Yes, we just released a book uh, last year, and uh, the book is called Boy Preacher, which is the story of my life. And people can find it on Amazon. If they type Boy Preacher plus Supernatural Journey, it'll come up in the search results. And the uh, website, which is uh, org. And uh, you'll probably have to spell that for them. <laughs> but uh, it's A-L-E-J-A-N-D-R-O, A-R-I-A-S, A-R-I-A-S, dot org. And you can find more information about our ministry and what we're doing around the world on our website. What's coming up that you're excited about? What are some of the ways that you see God moving and your ministry is intentionally following that lead? I'm excited about the days that we're living in. I think we're living in a very special season where, uh, you know, there is a sense of hunger in many nations and sense of expectation. God is definitely moving around the world uh, like any other time in history. And, and we can see souls coming to Christ, you know, every weekend. So I'm excited about this new season. Uh, also, we, my wife and I, and our child, we, I have a, an 18-month-old baby girl. Her name is Kariel. And uh, we just moved to Perth, Australia. We moved from Victoria, Melbourne, um, to Perth. And so we're going to be here for a season. And we're excited about this season. This is a, 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 you know, a nice city where the sun shines every day. It reminds me of California, actually. That's, I've heard that before, too. Yeah, good comparison. What parts of the world are especially receptive to the gospel right now, and, and then are some parts a little more closed? Well, uh, we are seeing, you know, uh, more of an opening in, in, in some of these nations, uh, like in Myanmar, in Burma, in some of the southeastern Asian nations, we're seeing how God is moving in those nations. In fact, I have an invitation to go in November this year, next year, uh, to go and share with 500 pastors in Burma. And we're seeing how God is moving in these nations and how much, you know, the, the Lord is just pouring His Spirit and revival is breaking out in some of these towns. And, yeah, how the gospel is reaching out to some of these uh, places here in Asia, but also in South America. And obviously in the Southern Hemisphere, there is a move of God, uh, like any other time in history. And what we are seeing as a result of that is, you know, God is sending out, um, obviously, people to the Northern Hemisphere. And, and passion, and, and, and the, the same passion that is in the Southern Hemisphere is being carried to the Northern Hemisphere and, and revivals, like revival pockets, are beginning to to uh, be real in some of these places. And, and God is just moving in Europe. I mean, uh, I've been to Europe a couple of times, and we, we can see hunger and the reopening of the wells, if I can just use that term, where God is reopening some of those old revival wells that, you know, used to... Uh, that used to have a great impact in the 50s and the 40s or even before that. And, and, and it, it's, it's amazing how, you know, this tide is turning around and revival is now touching places in Europe and North America where revival was present many, many years ago. Yeah. Alejandro, you have a unique perspective, great testimony. Could you close just by praying for those who are listening today and for them and their faith? 
definitely. It will be my privilege and a blessing to pray for the audience. And I just want to encourage you all um, to keep trusting God for your breakthrough. Your breakthrough is around the corner. God has a special promise this new year. You may have a lot of uh, new resolutions for 2015, but I just want to encourage you to keep trusting God, to hold on to His Word. He will come through. No matter what you're going through, God will come through in your family. As He did with my family, as He did with my personal healing, He will come through, and you will have a beautiful testimony and a legacy to share with others about the love of Christ. So let me pray for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for the audience, and I pray that you will bless each one of them. I pray that you will bring healing. I pray that you will bring your presence. I pray that you will uh, give them the desires of their hearts, and as they continue seeking your face, I pray that those breakthroughs that they've been waiting for will be released in the spiritual realm. I just pray, Lord God, that you will continue blessing them as they keep building your kingdom. I just pray for provision, supernatural provision uh, to all of them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alejandro, thank you. I appreciate that. And on behalf of everyone listening, thank you. Uh, continue to do a, a great job changing diapers and reaching the nations, too. Uh, and congratulations on your <laughs> child, too. Uh, you've been listening to Activate, our website, activatelife.org. Thank Check you. Check it out. We'll see you next week. Bye.